Welcome to Simply Cyber. Good morning, everybody. What's up? What's up? It's Friday. Today is Friday, October 28th. Welcome to episode number 229 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Osher. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, and everybody else are going to be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my professional analysis on each of those stories, kind of a my perspective breakdown on how you can use it today at work to operationalize it to secure your businesses or assets. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, I got to tell you right now, guys, spoiler alert, you're going to be asked in the interview, how do you stay current in cybersecurity? This is a fantastic answer to that question. Now, before we get into the goods, let me holler at you about the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Thank you, Eric Taylor and the gang over there. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damages done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. But wait, there's more. Want to throw love at Recon InfoSec, co-sponsor of the stream. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to have full-fledged SecOps capabilities from the ground up, check out the managed detection and response capability from Recon InfoSec, a.k.a. MDR. Not to throw an acronym into an acronym, but most people call it MDR. Their offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. If you're looking for MDR, if you're trying to get help at your business, consider checking out Recon InfoSec. Again, links in the description below. Eric Capuano's uh, CTO over there, great guy. The whole group over there are wonderful people. Security company led by security people. I wanna remind you, if you hold professional certifications like SISP, SISA, SISM, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So two and a half a week, 10 a month, they stack up. Be sure to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. Just say what's up in chat. For example, if you're live, love it. Go ahead and drop a hashtag team live in chat and that'll be fine. If you are on replay, try hashtag team replay. Who, who doesn't like a good hashtag team replay? Uh, drop that in there. And uh, it's like saying here on a roster call, right? Hold on. I got I to gotta manage the music here. Boink. All right. So... If you are on replay, lucky you, you get to jump ahead. If you don't like shenanigans and, and, and uh, flatter, uh, pleasantries and jawjacking. <laughs> but for me, I haven't had a sip of coffee yet. It's Friday. I love, love welcoming chat into um, chat. I love welcoming chat into the show. Uh, so for the next couple minutes, you know, this is a Green Day song. It's got two and a half minutes left. Let's spend a couple minutes saying what's up. Reminder, it is Friday, which means grace and joke of the day. So at the half mid-roll, uh, you'll be getting yourselves a little belly belly uh, rubber or belly knee slapper, belly laugher, whatever. Something to do with your belly. Good morning, everybody. I want to say a special shout out to Dorothea. Uh, spoke to her a minute ago. Not sure if she's in stream or not, but if she is, great to have you here. I hope you have a good morning. 
Hey, what's up, Omer? Nathan Bolin's in the house. James Robinson, happy Friday to you. Greg Wilson knows what a jawjacker's all about. Benjamin Benavides, what up? Jonathan Har, Philip Martin, great to see you, Philip. Jared Pierpoint, love the squad support. Hey, Rian Hansen, welcome all the way from South Africa. Love having you here. Could have used you on Wednesday. Rian, come back Wednesdays, too. We, we definitely want to run the continents on Wednesday, and South Africa would be huge. Joshua B., what's up? Good morning, Angel Perez. Hashtag Team Live. Compendium 66 is in the house. Jeff Boyer's coming at us from LinkedIn. What's up, Kimberly? Good to see you. Good morning. Guys, first sip of coffee. This is going to be oh, delightful. Oh, yeah. That's where it's at. Hey, Tim Cooney. What's up, William Ayers? Coming in from the UK. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, Joshua B. Yeah, Zalia is good to see you. Thanks for the squad support. Oh, good morning, Guru. That's very generous of you. Hey, Joshua. Uh, Josh, well, it's good to see you, man. I haven't talked to you in a minute since Wild West Hackenfest, honestly. Uh, that talk with uh, Broward went great, uh, Josh, by the way. I, I handled it perfectly. Um, all right, guys. Doris coming in from Germany. Love it, love it, love it, jo Doris. Thank you for being here. J hey, Justin Loken. Justin Loken passing his pen test plus. Winning, winning so hard. We're all winning so hard. I hope you guys crushed your goals for the week, exceeded your expectations, and I hope you've got things lined up for next week so you can just kick butt there too. That's what it's all about. Hey, Jess Bishop. Jess Bishop and I have been talking. Uh, Jess has posted a couple blogs, uh, kind of, you know, just kind of off the cuff uh, to Simply Cyber, but going to get her some authorship rights to the Simply Cyber website, get her up there. Love the contribution she's making to the community. Hey, Pamela. Hope everything's well. Hope the kids are good. All right, guys. As Green Day takes us out, we are going to slide into the news. So sit back, relax, and let's get smart on what's going on in cyber. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Friday, October Thanks so much for the super chat, Alana. Definitely appreciate it. Russia warns the West, we can target your commercial satellites. This from senior Russian Foreign Ministry official Konstantin Vorontsov, Deputy Director of the Russian Foreign Ministry's Department for Non-Proliferation and Arms Control, speaking to the United Nations. He stated that commercial satellites from the United States and its allies could become legitimate targets for Russia if they were involved in the war in Ukraine. Vorontsov did not mention any specific satellite companies, though Elon Musk said earlier this month that his rocket company, SpaceX, would continue to fund its Starlink internet service in Ukraine. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, what is this, like posturing on the next level? What do you mean if... <laughs> what do you mean if satellites from the U.S. or its allies help out in Ukraine? Starlink has been delivering internet service since April to Ukraine. <clears throat> now... Maybe they mean Ukrainian military operations, not Ukrainian citizens. But still, like, are you like, are they? Are you do you got a packet sniffer on there? Are you are you routing them through through Wireshark? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, I don't know what this is. This just sounds like, um, you know, political saber saber rattling. As far as like, hey, like, we could take down your satellites. Here's here's a real question that I'd be curious what uh, people think of, right? If you were to um. If I was to go, if I was to go somewhere um, and and like go onto a foreign country's property, then they could like I'd be accountable to their laws, and they could you know I don't know shoot down my drone or whatever. But 
what if a satellite flies over the land? Like how, how far vertical, like if you own the property that your house is built on, how far vertical do you own up? Like, do I own into the sky? Like if a satellite flies <laughs> over my house, can I shoot it down? Cause it's on my property. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's gotta be some upper threshold law. Maybe it's the stratosphere. Maybe it's 10 miles. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm just kind of curious about that. Um, I will say this. If I, I, I don't know, Russia is definitely referring to Starlink and internet service. Like there, there can be no doubt. It's not like they're trying to take out, you know, uh, direct TV or something like that. They're not trying to ruin the season ending episode of house of dragon for citizens, right? It's not that it's, this is exclusively around internet service and them threatening to do that. Now, do they have the capability to shoot down these, these satellites? That's another question, right? I mean, ballistic missiles, you know, they go up and then gravity brings them down. Shooting satellites out of orbit. That's uh that's like James Bond, you know, Dr. No level stuff. Like as far as, you know, I don't even know, but I mean, we could send, we could send rockets up, right. And we could send people up and, and they could fly over and punch the satellite. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. It says they have the, the, the technology. I'm sure they do. Uh, but you know, saber rattling plus, plus, I mean, here's another thing. Like, think about the cost-benefit analysis, right? You shoot up a rocket. How much does a rocket cost? Let's say a million dollars, okay? Rocket costs a million dollars. You go up and you shoot down a satellite. Like, there's other... Like, it's not one satellite up there, right? Like, Starlink is sending up lots and lots of satellites. They can reroute satellites. So you'd have to like take out a big piece of their net, like of their satellites before they send up 50 more Starlink satellites, you know, and those aren't free, right? The rocket costs money. Although Elon's developed reusable rockets and the satellites aren't free, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's worth it to waste the rockets to knock these satellites out because they can be replenished or the, the, there's not a, uh, degradation of internet service to a point that makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. Again, saber rattling. New York Post said its site was hacked after posting offensive tweets. The New York Post said it was hacked on Thursday after several offensive articles and tweets were published to the newspaper's website and Twitter account. The articles and tweets which were racist and violent in nature were pulled a short time later. It's believed the New York Post's content management system used for publishing stories and articles may have been breached. The offensive tweets were sent via Social Flow, a popular website plugin used to push stories to social media sites. The tweets also contained links that pointed to web pages on the Post's website, but which soon became no longer accessible. The white okay, so whatever. Like... <laughs> So someone did this. They probably found out how, like, like they found a, a vulnerability or something like that. I don't know why they would spend their energy and effort. Like, oh, I can basically, it, to me, it sounds like the New York Post itself wasn't hacked. The way that they push content in stories, like almost like a middle system that queues up content and shoves it to um, different outlets, that was hacked. Uh, so maybe the stories were edited in transit or replaced in transit or whatever. Um, the hacker spends this uh, opportunity to post offensive, sexual, and violent, and racist content. Like, it seems, I don't know, either somebody mentally disturbed or juvenile. Because if you were, 
for lack of a better word, uh, sophisticated or criminally minded, you would use this opportunity to, dro to drop links to malicious sites because everybody's going to go to them. You, you would have a massive deluge of victims coming in. It, it's like the perfect fish because you're wearing the New York Post's clothes, um, which has you know tons of brand authority, huge amount of um, viewership or readership. Um, so to me, it's, I don't want to say it's a missed opportunity, but like from a criminal perspective, wow, like you really uh, swung and miss on this one. But I mean, if their goal was to, um, oh, it says rogue employee here in the title. I didn't see it. It's staring right in my face. So, I mean, if it was an inside job, you know, still like the, 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 the action on objective makes no difference. Like it's such a, uh, just, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I think maybe disturbed or mentally, you know, mentally unhealthy. Um, cause why, why else would you do it? I mean, just cause you could. Since they say, um, uh, um, employee, it sounds like they know who exactly it was, which that person would obviously, um, get fired, no doubt. And then maybe have criminal charges brought up against them. So maybe we'll, we'll find out more in the future. Um, They found a ridiculously easy default password that were used across several accounts, including admin, allowing them to access the news outlets. Oh my God. Guys, if this is true, if this is true, come on. Come on, guys. Okay, here, here's the... Guys, please. Like, default credit, like default accounts. You need, like, we can't have default accounts. Like, Systems should be built that they don't work until you change the default password. That is something that needs to happen, but I can't influence that change. But guys, whenever educate your end users. Like, yes, when we put tech into the environment, we change the default password because we know what, why it's so dumb. Not, oh my God. We're, you are so dumb. You are really dumb. Ser real. Seriously, but you need to, like, in the absence of information, people will make the best decision possible. Here's the deal. Carl shows up, Carl! plugs in the device, the device lights up, and packets start flowing, or the you know the 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 console pops up or whatever. the The system is functioning. The system is working. Aces, good to go. Let's move on to the next project. Not changing the default password does not affect the ability for the system to work. And that's the problem. That is why it happens in the first place. A hundred percent of the time, that's why it happens. It's not because people are lazy. It's because either they don't know or they just say like, oh, it's working. Let's go on to the next thing. Or they can't find where to change the default creds. So just educate your end users, please, on, on changing default creds. It, you can't really use this story because I don't think this is going to resonate with like you know, Kevin in R&D, but like, just, it's not good. There's a ton of stories out there on default passwords. Find one, make it the story of the week for your end users. My God. House announces 100 day cyber sprint Fascinating. for chemical sector. This is the most recent sector to take up President Biden's 100 day cybersecurity sprint. The administration announced on Wednesday, it's an effort designed to sharpen operations and focus on the most significant risks from a digital attack, such as gas leaks and other contaminations. The sprint also aims to improve information sharing and analytical coordination between the public and private sectors and encourage chemical manufacturers to deploy threat detection on control systems. 
These sprints were first launched as a pilot with the electrical sector in April 2021 and were followed up with the pipeline, water, and railway sectors. All right. Um, okay. So it sounds like they said they tried this already in April of 2021 with a... Um, and, and 150 utilities deployed new technologies. Uh, I'm a little confused. Yeah, they did a pilot here with the electric sector. I'm a little confused. Like, you don't just say like, okay, today we're doing a sprint. Like, there has to be a plan. There has to be measurable goals. There has to be milestones to hit. There has to be reporting. Are we doing what we said we would do? Day 10, day 20. Are we off schedule? Do we need more money? Like, you don't just say like, Hey, let's do a sprint and let's go. Like you need a plan and execute on it. I will say that I like what that the White House is doing this. Um, you know, uh, Obama, Trump, Biden, like they've all been making efforts around legislation and executive orders around cybersecurity. Biden had that massive one last May that, you know, is not exactly executing on the schedule that it, it lined out in the uh, executive order. But this is more of that. And guys, focusing on critical infrastructure, right? Electrical sector, now chemical sector. Guys, if chemicals got messed up, like you, we're talking about like you breathe it, you die. You talk about polluting water beyond able uh, ability to ever uh, use it for like drinking or even farming or anything like that. So chemical sector is wicked important. And you guys all know that OTITS I, ITS OTICS uh, is notoriously you know behind and in, in legacy and the engineers that are working at the operators that are working at are not cyber people they're not even IT people frankly many times they're they're more focused on like executing whatever the 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 job is of the of the uh, operational technology that they're using so I I like this let's see how it goes okay. Um, I, I will follow up on this personally because I'm kind of curious to see what's the shape like. Because obviously, if they did a pilot and it worked well, and now they're doing it again for a different sector, this thing can scale up and we might be able to have it as like a blueprint. So it's like financial sector 100 day or manufacturing sector 100 day or healthcare or your business, right? Like make it, you know, even to the business level. Like here's a 100 day sprint. Let's Let's go, right? So we'll see. Pizza123 password takes momentum out of Fast Company. The breach of the Fast Company news channel that occurred in late September was achieved by exploiting an easily guessed default password, Pizza123. The business magazine reused the weak password across a dozen WordPress accounts, according to the hacker who goes by the handle Thrax, and who described the attack as, quote, ridiculously easy, end quote, in an article published on FastCompany.com before the publication took it down. The hacker claims to have used the vulnerable password to access authentication tokens, Apple News API keys, and Amazon Simple Email Service tokens. The hacker then sent offensive push notifications to the home screens of subscribers of the Fast Company channel on the Apple News service. All right, so, guys, it's Friday. We're supposed to be, like, happy, good spirits, like, hanging out high-fiving each other talking about all the wins and then this these these things happen here oh my god here's the thing here's the problem guys here's the problem you can be a fortune 500 company you can be you know whatever fortune one company you still have humans sitting in the seats okay i don't know fast company from a hole in the wall so i don't know what their culture is right but tone at the top 
Tone at the top is super important. Hey, do we take security seriously here? Hey, do we have standards for passwords and are we serious about it? Hey, 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 do we talk about information security at weekly meetings, monthly meetings, all hands meetings? I'm not saying that information security uh, rules the roost at these companies, but it needs to be integrated into the culture. Otherwise, you get things like this. Now, you might say, but Jerry, Fast Company had a standard of 18 pass, uh, 18 character passwords or 35 character passphrases. This, this is a, how did this happen? Well, here's the, here's another thing. OS level passwords, logging in to your workstation or office 365 federated authentication. Sure. Yeah. Let it fly. 35 character passphrases. Everybody wins application layers, applications, don't always integrate into your backend IT infrastructure. It's fairly common. You can do it, but it's work. And it, getting back to what I said earlier, if you um, plug it in and it's working, let's move on to the next thing, right? Hey, stop. So let's plug it in and do the next thing, right? So pizza one, two, three for a WordPress site, it's not going to get caught by anything. Vulnerability tools are scanning operating systems and networking devices, right? IP addresses are not scanning the application level. You can tell the, the application owners, hey, make sure you do these passwords. And you know what they're going to say? Because they don't care. It, it's when crap like this happens that that one individual learns their lesson and we might be able to leverage it as an opportunity to educate other people on why you don't do it. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's hard, guys. It's hard. So you need to, it, it has to be, it has to be comprehensive. You need tone at the top. You need um, consistency. Hold on one second. Sorry about that. My dog's going to dig through my door. You need consistency uh, in messaging, tone at the top, standards. You need to make everyone aware that they're part of the solution and that these these things don't aren't going to work, right? And then explain the impact of why why you're asking if they don't if they don't do it what is the impact? Only then can someone make the own self self-informed decision like, "Oh, pizza 123, that's pretty pretty dumb. Like that's not a good idea." Oh my god. You are so dumb. I I mean, it's really not fair. Dumb, for real. It's not fair. It's not fair. But in 2022, I can't imagine that you are old enough to hold a job at, at a company and be in charge of their WordPress deployments, right? More than one. And, and not have heard of a data breach at this point or, or any of these things or crappy passwords or come up where you've had your password breach or you've had to put in a complicated password or you get the, that password sucks, try again. Like you cannot claim ignorance. UFOs are everywhere. They're in your applications, cloud storage, endpoints, and emails. That's right, UFOs, unidentified file objects, are hiding in files across your organization. UFOs can contain malware that exfiltrates data or deploys ransomware. And 70% of UFOs can't be detected by traditional scanning solutions like antivirus and sandboxing. That's where Votero comes in. Votero prevents UFOs before they hit a ride in on files without detection and without slowing down business. Do you believe? 
You can learn more at votero.com slash UFOs. That's V-O-T-I-R-O dot com slash U-F-O-S. It's the mid-roll. want to thank everybody for being here. Special shout-out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec. Again, sponsoring the show, being part of the community. You guys do great work. Thank you all so much. It is Friday, so get ready for Grayson's Joke of the Week. Thank you very much, Grayson. So Grayson and Callan, my two boys, went with their mom, my wife, uh, to the tennis match the other day, and she was hushing him. She said, hush, hush. And Grayson said, why? Are we making a racket? <laughs> oh, Grayson asked her if they were making a racket because they were at the tennis match. Oh. All right, guys. Thanks so much, Grayson, for the uh, joke of the joke of the uh, week, son. You always do great work, um, guys. If you don't know about it, I'd love to um, remind you that every Monday morning. Oh, thanks so much, Cybersecurity Central. Love the support. I'll let Grayson know that you enjoyed you enjoyed it. So, hey, every single Monday morning at 6 a.m., I send an email to people who want an email that provides three. It's a very simple email. It's like 60 second read. And there's three actionable pieces of intel in it. You can literally copy and paste sometimes into an email and fire it out. One piece of information is for your end users. One piece of information is for your peers. One piece of information is for your executives. You literally can use this email to deliver value to your business, look like a rock star, and crush it before you've even had your first sip of coffee because it's too hot still. Literally, sign up for this newsletter, simplycyber.io slash newsletter. If you don't like it, you can just unsubscribe. It's this, I don't, like, it's up to you. I don't care. Like, do you want, do you want it? Go for it. Simplycyber.io newsletter. If you get it, if you get this email uh, already, Check, like, look at people in chat. Let me know if you like it. If you signed up for it and you're not getting it, it is possible that it's um, going to spam because I do use like a email. I use this thing called ConvertKit. It's like a it's like a email management newsletter system thing. So um, I don't know if it gets flagged or not. But I do. I go through the effort because I want you to have it. So uh, give it a shot. Thank you very much to Simple Minds. Thank you to Grayson for the joke of the day. Let's slide back into the news, y'all. Apple iOS and Mac OS flaw could have let apps eavesdrop on Siri conversations. A now-patched security flaw in Apple's iOS and Mac OS operating systems could have potentially enabled apps with Bluetooth access to eavesdrop on conversations with Siri. Apple said, quote, an app may be able to record audio using a pair of connected AirPods, end quote, adding it addressed the core Bluetooth issue in iOS 16.1 with improved entitlements. Credited with discovering and reporting the bug in August 2022 is app developer Gilherma Rambo. The bug, dubbed Siri Spy, has been assigned the identifier CVE-2022-32946. Cool. That's a very cool uh, bug. Uh, I don't know how this individual found it because that's kind of crazy. Like the AirPods have to be connected via Bluetooth and then 
you're connect your your um your eavesdropping via Siri. So uh really, really interesting. Um, I'm sure like if you haven't patched your device yet, you definitely want to. The risk to mere mortals um like myself uh is probably pretty low. No one's really interested in eavesdropping on me. But you know, if you're a VIP, if you're an investigative journalist, if you are, you know, an executive that deals with like contract negotiations, like closed door type stuff, um, that could be something that you're concerned with. Also, this is another reason why you're not allowed to take phones and devices into secured classified facilities, aka skiffs, because of crap like this. So uh, very interesting. Uh, update your, your iOS and your Mac OS devices. Maybe share this with you could share this with everybody. I'll just tell you if you want. Um, Apple just released a new version of their operating system, 16. So you can go to like 15.18 or something, or you can just jump into 16. I have personally gone to 16. I use Apple iPhones. It's all right. It's all right. The only thing that's stupid about it, like, listen, like look at the look at the size font on this on this um, clock. Like who at like who who was complaining about the clock font? This clock font looks silly. I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it, frankly. But there's um I've been wanting to tell people for, for a couple of days that I don't like that clock font. I'm glad this opportunity presented itself. But you know, there's other features in there that are cool and you get the security features. So if you need to convince Carl to upgrade, show him the clock font, tell him there's all sorts of new features and like you can crop people out wicked easy with like one touch in pictures. Highlight, highlight the benefits of the new update. Don't really tell them about the security patches. Just sell them on the new emoji keyboard and you're good to go, right? All right. Cisco warns of active exploitation attempts targeting any connect secure oh, cool. I will change it. Thank you. for Windows. Cisco is warning of exploitation attempts targeting two security flaws tracked as CVE 2020-3153 and 3433 with scores of 6.5 and 7.8 respectively, these applying to the Cisco AnyConnect secure mobility client for Windows. Both vulnerabilities are dated 2020 and are now patched. The first resides in the installer component and can allow an authenticated local attacker to exploit the flaw to copy user-supplied files to system-level directories with system-level privileges. The second resides in the inter-process communication channel and an authenticated local attacker could exploit this issue to perform a DLL hijacking attack. To exploit this vulnerability, the attacker would need to have valid credentials on the Windows system. All right. Couple things, guys. One, this is going to be focused on vulnerability management. These vulnerabilities are from 2020, so they're over two years old. These vulnerabilities have scores of 6.5 and 7.8, which 6.5 is not that high. 7.8 is kind of high, but still not like, you know, good thing I'm wearing my brown pants to work day kind of thing. The reason that this is coming up now, and really the, the, the CVSS score has no context, right? So the score actually really goes up technically because now there's being there's active exploitation of the vulnerabilities right so in 2020 there was an active exploitation that they knew of so not a big deal get it patched when you can you, you probably have already fixed it in your environment honestly through just regular updates or um hardware refreshes getting new new versions of software so it's probably not a big deal um but it, th there's two things here one it shows you that even old 
vulnerabilities still need to be patched because exploitation is a temporal thing. And then two, you know, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, shove a child out of the way to get to my Cisco AnyConnect console to update it simply because for both of these, you have to be authenticated local attacker. Now, typically this means uh, on the same network, it would, you know, if it was, if you had to be physically at the machine, um, that would be one thing, but you could maybe be on the same, this might actually be on this, on the machine itself, simply because of, it is an endpoint application, the AnyConnect client. Um, so, you know, getting authenticated, having, being on the box, like these things are hard to do. Uh, it's not remote code execution unauthenticated, which is like the worst. And then the same for this, this vulnerability, you have to have valid Windows credentials and you have to be local and you have to be authenticated, which by, you know, authenticated means valid Windows credentials. So these vulnerabilities are bad, but basically someone has to bust into your network already and kind of own part of it, have a foothold and then start moving laterally or escalating privileges on boxes. So you've already got a problem. <laughs> you've already got a problem. If someone's exploiting these in your environment, you've already got, you've got bigger problems going on and uh, you need to, um, you know, clean up your environment pretty, pretty stat if you see this type of exploitation going on. Chrome extensions with 1 million installs targets browsers. Researchers at Guardio Labs have discovered a new malvertising campaign pushing Google Chrome extensions that hijack searches and insert affiliate links into web pages. Because all these extensions offer color customization options and arrive on the victim's machine with no malicious code to evade detection, the analysts named the campaign Dormant Colors. According to the Guardio report, by mid-October 2022, 30 variants of the browser extensions were available on both the Chrome and the Edge web stores, amassing over a million installs. When these extensions are first installed, they will redirect users to various pages that sideload malicious scripts that instruct the extension on how to perform search hijacking and on what sites to insert affiliate links. All right, so um, if you're watching on video, it's actually showing you a walkthrough of it happening. Here's the malvertising and that's it. All right. So this is pretty interesting. Okay, guys. So Chrome extension, it offers some functionality to change like the way the web page looks or whatever. Some, some goofy bubblegum option it has nothing to do with functionality. Um, I laugh at it and mock it, but at the same time, if, if I, if an app I was using didn't have dark mode and there was a dark mode extension, I'd probably install it. So, you know, throw the first stone at me. All I'll say about this is very clever. There's no ma malicious code in this extension, right? To start with. So it will never get flagged. It does what it says it does. The thing is when you go to a site and it, you know, it needs to change the color. It needs to modify something uh, instead of, um, you know, pulling down the third party ad or video or whatever. It intercepts it like burp suite style, stops it. And then it pushes you to say it needs an update or an extension, you need to download something in order to view it. And it's coming from the extension, so it seems good, but it's actually pushing you to uh, a different advertisement. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this is one of those ones where like, it doesn't really do anything malicious to your computer as much as it's just pulling advertisements that would generate revenue for the criminal. So like basically forcing traffic to um, the advertisement itself. I'm not 100% sure because I've seen malvertising kind of a couple different ways where it's like, 
click jacking or like it's basically like a revenue generating thing where you're kind of taking advantage of the advertising company more than anything. I've also seen it where it's it's malvertising where it's you know it looks like a legit advertisement but it's it's pushing malware. So I've seen it a couple different ways. Not 100 sure on this one. Just the the TLDR here for for professionals is that you know these Chrome extensions are malicious in nature, but they don't have any malicious code on it, and it's kind of a chained attack. So very interesting. Uh, add that to the to the you know criminal arsenal. New crypto jacking campaign targeting vulnerable Docker and Kubernetes instances. Cybersecurity company CrowdStrike dubbed the activity Kiss a Dog with its command and control infrastructure overlapping with those associated with other groups like Team TNT, which are known to strike misconfigured Docker and Kubernetes instances. The intrusions spotted in September get their name from a domain named kissadog.top that's used to trigger a shell script payload on the compromised container using a base64 encoded Python command. It's Friday, so that means... All right, so pretty standard stuff here. Um, crypto jacking uh, campaign. I think the interesting thing here is that they're crypto jacking vulnerable Docker and Kubernetes instances. Usually crypto jacking happens at the operating system level. And while Docker containers are essentially a containerized uh, operating system, um, yeah, I haven't seen crypto jacking inside those, which is interesting too, because... If you know, if a if a Docker container is running, it's kind of like compartmentalized. So if it was crypto jacked, um, you you may not notice it because it's just sitting there running, doing what it's doing. Again, the crypto jacking is kind of, I want to say, the least of our concerns. It, it's you know, it's more of a, a rash on the back of your leg than than <laughs> up in your inner thigh. You know what I mean? So it's it's in the in the grand scheme of problems, crypto jacking isn't a huge one. You still don't want it. It takes resources. It takes energy. Uh, you know, relating to cost to the business to run those things, but pretty, pretty interesting. I'm kind of curious. I don't know anyone in chat. Has anyone seen how much money has there been any statistics or evaluation on how much crypto jackers make? Like, I mean, obviously they must be doing all right because they keep doing it, but I almost wonder half of me thinks like, are they doing it because it's such a low risk to, like no one is raising the flag like we've got to get these crypto jackers out of here right like not even a, not even trying to arrest them let alone trying to remove them from the environment so i wonder if crypto jacking is a more safer option because people are willing to deal with it and like allow it to live in their ecosystem versus you know ransomware or any of these other things where it's like you know ever all hands on deck let's let's blow this thing up i don't know it is all profit. I just don't know who's making the money. Uh, all right. So we got a question here about Tor versus Chrome. I mean, uh, uh, Tor versus Firefox. I mean, it really depends on user experience and what you like. Brave browser is really good for um, for privacy. Um, you know, so it depends what you're trying to do. All righty, guys. Yeah, getting patty. That's right, Jeremy Williams. Uh, who knew that a typo would, would turn into an inside joke? I love it. All right, guys. All right, so I got a, a meeting here in five minutes, so we're going to end the show a couple minutes early. Uh, I want to thank all of you uh, for being here today. Uh, shout out and love to Grayson for his joke of the day. Shout out to Dorothea for showing up. 
Guys, squad members, appreciate you uh, bringing the heat each and every single day. Joshua B., Alana, Jeremy Williams, Joel Belton. Kimberly, guys, have a wonderful day. Uh, I'm working on some new overlays and stuff like that. Let me know what you think. Have a great one. Finish strong, everybody. It's Friday. Enjoy the weekend. R&R. &R. We'll see you on Monday, 8 a.m., all right? Cheers, everybody.